out of uh, the last week of spending time at the hospital and considering some things in my own heart, I'd like to talk to you this morning about hoping in Jesus. And obviously it's a a new year. Um, It is January. It doesn't look like it's January outside, but uh, it is January, you know, used to seeing snow or at least a good layer of fog. Uh, but uh, it starts a new year. And I don't know how you look upon New Year's. I, I Many people make resolutions. Uh, most of my resolutions have to do with today. I hope that I can get through today. Um, so thinking through the year is just a little bit too far for me usually. It's my long-term goal is to make it through lunch, you know. Uh, but um, I know that as we look, uh, we usually recap a year and then look forward to a year. Uh, sometimes we get through the year and we can't believe what had happened. Um, there have been so many great things that have blessed us that we weren't expecting. And we just feel rich and full and we can't believe how great our life is. And other times... Uh, we can't believe what heartache has visited our family in our life in the last year. We uh, didn't put it. It's interesting when it comes to heartache and um, trials. None of us put them on our those dates on our calendar. I don't know if you do that when you have a calendar. Maybe you have a family calendar that you place somewhere and you put special dates that you're excited about. Nobody puts trials. Nobody put I, I'm planning on starting a trial on this date. Um, and it's going to go on through the rest of the year. We don't know what the future holds. And so we come to this idea of hoping into the future. And this morning, I want to talk to you about hoping in Jesus with everything this year. What is everything? Well, it's finances. Um, How is God going to provide for you this year to hope that Jesus will be the one that would provide for you? It's hoping when it comes to the issues of health. Some of you already know what those are. Uh, You're already in the midst of struggling through them. You're looking out into the future and you're saying, I don't know what this year's going to bring. So I hope in Jesus for my health. You think through relationships, the, the difficult ones as well as the ones that are a blessing. And you say, I hope that this grows into goodness this year. As I think of my family and my friends, that, that our relationships would be great. And then maybe there's some uh, changes that you see out there. And you say, God, I want you to grant me success. I'm looking forward to that. This morning, I want to tell you that others hope too. Others hope too. It's interesting if you've spent any time at the hospital, most every bed is filled. And and people don't go to the hospital because they think it's like a nice bed and breakfast. Uh, you, you know that, right? You, you know that. In fact, there's a story in every bed. As you I spent some time with Danielle this week, we were talking and her husband is lying in one bed and that there's... You just hear story after story after story. And there's friends and family sitting, wringing their hands in the waiting rooms, looking to to see their family and friend, wondering what the future holds. And they hope. Many do not hope in Jesus. 
Well, what do they hope in? Many hope in themselves. They think that they're strong enough that they can handle whatever would come. They, they hope in their, their positive outlook that they have inner strength that somehow is going to get them through. Others hope in this great country that we have, that, that they would compare themselves to other people. And they'd say, you know, because we're in America, the greatest country in the world, that we somehow are better and that we can hope that we will figure it out whatever the struggles may be. There are others that hope in science and they say to themselves that there's somehow a solution to the problems of this world. It's sometimes out there and somebody smart is going to stumble over it and somehow we will be able to figure out and to eradicate whatever the problem is. Many times people hope in medicine or maybe they hope in their bank account. They figure themselves to be secure because they have all the money that they need and they are covered, whatever would happen. Others, too, hope in family. They think through their genealogy and the, the, the stock that they come from and they say, we're, we're very strong. We can handle anything in my family. And this morning, I just want to talk to you about hoping in Jesus. But I will remind you throughout the our time that there are others that hope in other things other than Jesus. There are two paths here this morning. Will you hope in Jesus? Or will you hope in something else? Thinking that that will get you through. If you turn to Psalm 62, I want to show you why this matters this morning. And it's really just a word that I'm I'm going to point us to. But I want to show you that this is an ever-present word, uh, a plot of the enemy, uh, a, a present. If it's not present in your life today, it will be present in the days to come. And it's constant it, over and over and over again. <clears throat> psalm 62 uh, is a psalm of trusting in God. But I want you to hear the word uh, that the psalmist describes the temptation in this life. L- listen to it. First of all, uh, starting at verse 1. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. That's the word I'm looking for this morning. Shaken. The psalmist is, is talking about how he makes it through the day. And he, he speaks of his God. He speaks of his God as being his rock, his salvation fortress. And then he says, I shall not be greatly shaken. He goes on to say, verse 3, How long will you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. And then he says again, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone, he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Shall not be shaken. If someone would describe to you life, it's all about shaking. 
It's all about shaking. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, did you see the picture that he described? A tottering fence? A fence that may seem secure when left alone. But then you come up to it and you start shaking it and you start pushing it back and forth. And the more you push on something, the more it, it, the farther it will go. And eventually the purpose of the shaking is to break it loose and to break it down. The psalmist David, as he pictures his own life, he says, that's what it feels like. That there's this constant pushing and pulling and shaking of, of opposition and, and really enemy activity in our lives. And the purpose being that there, there is a purpose, right? And, and that purpose is for us to be taken out of our moorings. That we would fall over like this tottering fence. That we would give up and no longer be standing. This morning, I want to tell you the context of all of life is that of pressure to shake you. And you say, well, where does this pressure come from? Well, it's part of living in a sinful world, but it's also the enemy's plan. The enemy's plan is to shake you. Every bad phone call, every discouraging thought, every unanticipated uh, uh, hiccup in your day is part of the enemy's plan to get you shaken, for you to fall off, for you to quit, for you to lie down, for you to give up. That's the context of life. And the difference will be made in whether in that context of life that you hope in Jesus or that you hope in something else. You can be confident of this, that you can say to yourself, I will be shaken in this life. There will be pushing on me. The book of James gives a similar uh, description, but it talks about being on the waves of the sea, being tossed to and fro. And you say, well, how will I make it in a world that's pushing and shoving on my life? How will I make it? In the midst of being tossed around, how will I be stable in an unstable and pressuring world? I want to tell you this morning, it's to hope in Jesus. And I have some points regarding that this morning that I'd like to share with you. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. You know, this section that we're going to look at, I, I realize that we're only grazing uh, a small point of the passage, and there's much more that can be talked about. Um, this message this morning is a reducing, a reducing message because there's so much we could talk about when it comes to hoping in Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it's talking about faith of the past and connecting it with trusting in Jesus, the one who has given himself as a sacrifice. And if you look, um, we'll start reading in verse 18, and then we'll read through the end. But focus in on verse 19. Verse 18 says, So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Verse 19. 
We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. When Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. A lot we could talk about, but I want to connect you that this passage is talking about hoping in the finished work of Jesus. That He is a priest that that continues to uh, connect us with the holy God that we serve and and need. That Jesus continues in that. And when He says Melchizedek, He is connecting Him in a forever sort of way. And I want to tell you, if you look at verse 19... What does it tell us about this hope? That it's sure and steadfast. That it's an anchor for us. It's an anchor. I want to tell you that uh, this world will shake. Pressure will come to your life. Things unanticipated, not blessings, but feeling like they're, they're wiping us out. It will come to your life. And it will depend whether you make it or you don't make it. What is the anchor for you? What are you connected to? What is your hope in? Is your hope in Jesus? Or is your hope in something else? I realize that most of the time life feels like it's just kind of sailing. You're not really thinking about a whole lot. You're just thinking about getting through the day. But when that pressure comes, will your hope be in Jesus? Will you walk with Jesus through the difficulties of life? Or will you trust in something else? I want to tell you that hoping in Jesus is based upon a saving relationship with Him. That if He hasn't gone before you, if He hasn't paid the price, if He hasn't brought you into the holy place, then you are not trusting in Him. You're trusting in something else. And so as we talk about hoping in Jesus, the first thing I want to tell you is this. It's based upon a relationship with Him. Do you have that? Are you His? The second thing, it's it's in the same book. If you want to turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, it's an important uh, point to connect with. So we think of hoping in Jesus and we look at chapter 10. It tells us a little bit more about this idea of hope. Another great passage that is packed with the implications of the gospel. But it says this in verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And it gives us a reason for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Um, You're going to ask the question, well, why should I hope in Jesus? It's right there. It's right there. Hebrews chapter 10. Why should he gives this picture of holding fast? It's it's the idea of clinging to the answer that we have. It's this hope. It's to not give up this hope. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Think about that. Think about that right now. 
hoping is is a difficult thing. It, it it's another word for trusting or faith in the future. What's the problem with the future? Did anyone ever? Maybe you haven't thought about it. What's the problem with the future? It's unknown. We don't know how it's going to play out. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking that um, God should give me like pastoral privilege on this one. <laughs> that he should give me the, the year-end recap of 2014 before you all get it. I just want to help you guys out. I want to know what's going to go on so I can prepare you. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to know what the future holds. And yet nobody does. Nobody knows. And so we hope. We place our trust in something. We either hope in Jesus or we hope in something else. And the writer of the book of Hebrews reminds us that we should cling to and and not give up the confession of our hope. Why? For the one who promised is faithful. You can trust him. It's interesting. Um, how do we build a sense of faith and trust in Jesus? It's real simple. First of all, we walk with him personally. Even when it gets scary, we do what he says and watch him provide. And you say, well, how will that build your faith? Real simply. The next time you go through a scary time, you'll, you can point back to that time. You can see how he's provided for you. Some of you are saying, well, uh, I just haven't lived a whole lot. I haven't walked with Christ that long. What do I do? Uh, find others. <laughs> find others. Hear their stories. Hear their testimonies of God's faithfulness and go, yeah. That's the Jesus of the Bible that they trusted in. And I can trust in him too. Why? Because the one who promised is faithful. He, he's trustworthy. He's done it in the past. He will do it. He remains faithful to the future. It's interesting. Um, people say, well, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I can't trust anything I can't see. Um, I would say it the other way. Everything I can see, I can't trust. Um, and I'm not trying to connect this too closely, but I'm looking at you all right now, okay? Um, and, and you're looking at me. Uh, have, have you ever lied? Don't, don't raise your hand, please don't raise your hand. Um, have I ever lied? Yes. Have I ever failed? Yes. Have you ever failed? Yes. Okay, we're getting, should we, should we be trusted with these things? No. And the point being in Hebrews chapter 10 is he's, he's talked about this hope that we have in Jesus as we live our days and we cling to that hope. He says, that one that promised that he would be there, he's worthy of hope. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. He can be trusted. That's important to know when you don't have any money. <laughs> That's important to know when you've lost your job. That's important to know when your kid's rebellious. That's important to know when you're struggling in your marriage. That's important to know when you're sitting in a waiting room in a hospital wondering what the future holds. You can hope in Jesus. Why? Because it's based upon His faithfulness, not my own. I want to point out one other thing here. 
in that passage, it says, he who promised is faithful. He does not point to our faithfulness. I I, I want to encourage the the self-righteous here today, myself included. Sometimes we look at life and we go, you know, I, I work really hard. I try to raise a good family. I do a lot of good things. I try to uh, be honest. I give. I'm a servant. Humble. I, uh, I, I, I'm doing all the right things. So nothing bad will ever happen to me. In fact, we look at trials and we sometimes say, Oh, that could never happen to me. I want to tell you... Um, just speaking from experience, and I think we could get some other. A lot of times, the things that could never happen to us, happen to us. The things that we never invited into our life, they were never on our schedule. They were never anything that we wrote down on our calendar, excited that we're going to do. Sometimes they happen. I want to encourage you that it's not based upon your faithfulness, but faithfulness of our, our Savior, Jesus. He can be trusted. So first thing is based upon a saving relationship with Jesus. Secondly, it's based upon his faithfulness, not my own. My third point is from Romans chapter 5. And if you've been sleeping, this is my favorite point of my message today. If you have been sleeping, if you're still sleeping, I can't help you. Um, Romans chapter 5. Please turn there. I, this is so great. Because I think it pictures the benefits before us of of hoping in Jesus, hoping in Jesus. If you look at chapter 5, verse 5, once again, it's talking about justification, the gospel. And and what it says uh, is so great. Looking down at at verse 5, let's start at verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given who he has given to us. I want to point that hope does not put us to shame. If you look over, skipping over a few chapters to chapter 10 of the book of Romans again, it says the same thing. It reiterates the same thing. Uh, but this is so this is so exciting because hoping is looking out in the future and acting today based upon what the future is going to be. In chapter 10, verse 11, he says the same thing once again. He says, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, will not be put to shame. In other uh Translations it uses the word does not disappoint. Now, I, w- I want to tell you, and we've already talked about it. There's people who hope in Jesus and there's people who hope in other things. And they look at each other with contempt. Sometimes in the hospital uh, waiting room. One would say, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping the doctors uh, really know what they're doing today and they, they get a correct diagnosis. I really hope this particular medicine works. I hope that we have enough money that we can get it, the treatment that we need. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope in something. I hope in the fight of the patient that they have enough 
that there's something strong in them, that they can fix it. And others would say, I hope in Jesus. Everyone hopes. Everyone hopes. Everyone looks out on the horizon and they're hoping that, that the future will be good based on something today. I, I, I want to point this out. These two passages in the book of Romans. What is it to hope in Jesus? It's to know that he will come through. Have you ever trusted and hoped in someone who have let you down? You've said that you've bought the message. You've bought their line. You've said, I will buy what you're saying to me. And then as time played out, you realized that you played the fool. You had hoped in them and they let you down. You thought it was a great deal, but it was a bad deal. And you hoped in the wrong thing and you were put to shame in the end. I want to tell you, if you hope in Jesus today, when it all plays out, you'll not be put to shame. You will not be disappointed. That's good to know, isn't it? Because as you sit in a hospital room, if you sit before your finances, if you consider the raising of kids and these things and you go, I don't know what the future holds, but I know this, that if I hope in Jesus today, I know that in the future I will not be put to shame. I I will not be disappointed because he will come through. I want to encourage you with that because I know this world will shake. I know your life will uh, receive pressure for you to quit. Turn over the book of Titus. We'll start in the beginning and then we'll end up in chapter 3. Titus chapter 1. I'm going to share with you just a few verses. Uh, Paul was writing to Titus, a young man, a a lot about the gospel in the, the book of Titus. He begins the book by saying, uh, calling himself Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. And then he says this in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. He says that word eternal life. He uses it again as you you move on through the passage in chapter 3, verse 7. God's word says this, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to point out this important Peace that we need to remember when we're hoping in Jesus. The culmination of hoping in Jesus is eternal life. Is eternal life. It is not temporal comforts and wants here in this life. I want us to get that. Because there's some who would say, Jesus will give you everything you need and want down here. That he will fix everything that's wrong in your life. And there's a problem with that. Because we know that not to be true. Even those who Jesus uh, healed 
down here on this earth. He did miraculous healing. They were sick and lame and he healed them. You know what happened to those people? They died. Every one of them. Every one of them. They're no longer here. We can't go find them on the face of the earth. You say, well, that wasn't a very good healing. It was a temporal healing. The permanent healing is is in in eternal life. And and the importance of that, I want to tell you, I don't get all wound up in health, wealth, prayers. I think all of us do that. All of us. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, when you don't have any money and you cry out to God, what are you crying out for? Money. When you don't have health and you're in a hospital and you're saying, what are you saying? God, I cry out to you. I hope I get worse. For those of you who are healthy, when you pray, what do you pray for? Remaining in health, right? You don't say, God, I pray I get sick today and I just am in this terrible situation. If you have money in the bank, you don't go, God, please take all this away. In fact, you don't need to pray for that. If you really want that, it can happen like that. It's simple. I want to tell you, that's our heart's cry. We don't understand life. We, we're, we're children that don't see the whole plan and everything's crazy going on. And as a child, we cry out to our Father, Father, help me. I need your help. But I want to tell you that the help that Jesus gives, the hope that Jesus gives, ultimately is an eternal life. Um, most of the time when I visit someone or get an opportunity to talk to them before a big surgery or uh, if they're sick in the hospital, I talk to them about this concept. And so if you ever get sick in the future or have a big surgery and I get to come, you can say, I've already heard it, okay? I've already heard it. This is what I tell them. This is what I tell them. I tell it to myself as well. Um, What happens if you die? What happens if you die? What happens if your loved one dies? And then I take a deep breath and I go, we've got to walk through this. Well, what happens? What, what happens if I die? What happens if I die? God has me taken care of. Jesus has covered my sins. I will go to be with him and have eternal life. God will take care of me if I die. What happens if my loved one dies? God will take care of me. He will walk with me. He loves me. He sent his own son to die for me. He's committed to me. He said he is faithful. He said he is faithful. And he is. And so he will take care of me. And so I start working my way back, right? If God can take care of me if I die. If God can take care of me if one of my family members dies. And then I can start going, well, anything less than that happens. He'll take care of me then. If he can, so this happens, if that happens, if this happens, he can take care of me. I can hope in Jesus no matter what. Because he has taken care of my eternal life. We can hope in Jesus. Well, last point. Turn over to 1 John chapter 3. You may ask the question, well... If sins are forgiven, if God has taken care of the future, 
I guess I don't have to care how I live at all. It's interesting that John mentions that in the book of 1 John chapter 3, and he talks about the implications of hoping in Jesus, the practical, what do we do now? It says this, um, in verse 3 it says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. What that means is this, That if we hope in Jesus, if He's covered us, if we're trusting in Him, we love to be the holy people He saved us for. We love it. We put our hand to the plow when it comes to that. We work at it. We push away ungodliness because we are hoping in Jesus. Why? Because this is what He saved us for. He hasn't saved us to remain unholy. He has, he has brought, him, brought us to Himself. He has covered us with the blood of His Son so that we may be holy. And excitedly, we grab for that as well. We purify ourselves. We seek after that which is honoring to Him. This is what it means to hope in Jesus. I don't know what this next uh, year holds for us. I don't even know what the next week or next day, afternoon, whatever. I don't don't know anything. But I know this. The best thing that we can do at all of life's turns is to hope in Jesus, to trust in Him. And I know this, and as we do, we will not be put to shame. We will not be ones that go, I am disappointed that I placed my trust in Jesus. Please pray with me. Father God, thank You for this time. I ask that you would remind us of this message at instances in our lives where we uh, feel the pressure and we're tempted to give up, to succumb to the shaking that is going on in our lives. God, I ask that you give us great strength that comes not from ourselves, but that comes from your son, Jesus, spirit of God, your spirit working in us. God, I ask that you would help us to remember your son now as we worship you, as we remember what he has done on our behalf. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.